0: Welcome to this message from City Bible Church in Portland, Oregon. City Bible Church is a vibrant community of people with one common desire to experience God, enjoy people, and celebrate life. When our season entitled Faith Harvest, this particular season we have themed it, it started with a seed and we have gone through a number of video vignettes that will be showing on your website. A City Bible Church website has these vignettes that come up. Every time you go to our web, this will be the uh, first splash page that comes up. Is one of these testimonies that runs for 16 days. And... It's archived, so you can go back and see some of the ones that have already run, so that you can actually have a time of sitting and just listening to what the Lord has done in and through our church throughout... Not only our nation and our city, but the nations of the world that we touch. Faith harvest. Let's start right in. Go to the Word this morning. Faith harvest is a principle seen in the Scripture. So the term that I use to describe what we do as a body, as a church, and as believers is really something established in the Scripture that I'm referring to very clearly. Faith harvest principle is a principle seen in Scripture that involves two things. The sowing of seed and the reaping of a harvest. Seed time and harvest is God's law stamped into nature and into the kingdom of God. We would never ever doubt the natural realm of what happens with sowing of seed and reaping a harvest. The whole world is built in the natural realm on seed sowing. And reaping, you never have to doubt the seed you don 't hold the seed in your hand and wonder if this apple seed will actually really grow an apple tree or this tomato seed will really grow a tomato plant or whatever you would just plant it and you would believe that in the natural the mystery of that seed, the invisible ingredients of that seed will actually bring forth something doesn 't look like the seed at all it 's a miracle. Mystery that a seed can bring forth that tree or that plant or whatever it is. So it is in the kingdom of God. When you sow seed in the kingdom of God, you can't see everything in the seed that's going to be brought forth. There's a mystery in the seed that only the sowing of it will bring forth the production of it, that you actually can see what is in the seed. You never know when you sow a seed of evangelism in someone's heart and life. What will happen to that life? You bring them to Christ. You have no idea of the seed that has been sown and what that life might represent in the kingdom of God. You, you sow the seed and you believe that that life will be changed, but you have no idea on all the changes that might take place. So it is in any area of seed sowing. In the kingdom of God, whether it's sowing a seed of Christ into someone's life or sowing the seed of prayer and intercession as you wait on the Lord in the invisible realm, or you sow the seed of a tangible, the actual money seed that the Bible refers to as we sow our finance as referred to time and time again in Scripture, you don't know what the sowing of a seed will bring forth, whether it's missions giving or giving your tithe or faith harvest. There's a seed production that takes place, right. The stewards of the seed. We are stewards of our seed. And when it comes to our finance, and I'm referring in this particular series to seed being our finance. So I'm going right down to a few scriptures. When I speak about the seed as our finance, we have to understand that sowing of the seed is a sowing of entire life. And we are stewards of our entire life. So when we sow a financial seed, we're actually sowing more than just the numbers, the dollars that goes into the ground. We're sowing the entire life, all that we represent in value, all that we represent in discipline, all that we represent in habits. We actually sow that into the ground. You can't separate your character from your sowing. You can't separate your disciplines from the seed. They are involved because when you sow the seed, the seed is It's an extension of your life. Just like witnessing or prayer, it's an extension of your heart, your words, your faith level, your intensity, how you believe. One person can pray something never happened. Another person can pray because their heart's so filled with faith and filled with God and intercession. They bring about a miracle in that situation. You sow, whether it's in prayer, in finance, whatever, it's an extension of your internal world. You sow the whole thing. When it comes to the sowing of seed as a steward, you're working, giving, receiving, managing, prospering and inheritance are all involved with the sowing of the seed. When you sow the seed, you're sowing your work ethic. When you sow a seed, you're sowing your giving discipline. When you sow a seed, you're sowing your faith to receive and open your hands and expecting God to do something with the seed. When you sow, you have to sow from your management angle. That is, you cannot sow yourself into a miracle if you manage yourself into a crisis. You can't manage yourself out of a miracle. In a sense, you have to give yourself, but you also have to manage what you have in such a way that God can honor it and bless it. Bad debt, bad discipline, bad financial habits will not be erased by just simply planting a tithe seed. Are planning a faith harvest seed. If you're a bad business person, if you break all the principles, if you have no ethics in what you do, you might sow a lot of money into the poor or a lot of money into something else. It will not erase the harvest that you will have for your lack of ethics or your lack of principle, your lack of discipline, your lack of insight, your lack of doing what a business person should do. When you sow, you sow your entire life into the ground. When your life is in order and you sow seed, you have a much better kingdom chance for that seed to produce abundance if you manage well And if you understand how to receive, you understand how to prosper. You understand not to eat all your seed. Every time the Lord prospers you, you don't just gobble up all your seed and have nothing left to sow. You know how to prosper. Whenever you prosper, you set some seed aside. That seed that is set aside is for missions or for the poor or for the widow or for the city or anything that you might feel your heart would move toward to give into. But if you eat all your seed, You will never have a chance but to prosper once or twice, and then you've eaten all your seed for future prosperity. And so all of these things come into play when we talk about faith harvest and the sowing of seed. Faith harvest offering is what? It's simply this. It's a special offering that is over and above. Would you say the words over and above? Now, some people have not even got to the place of the foundation, which is your tithe. Now I've dealt with that in detail in the last message and in other messages in times past because the tithe is a financial foundation for your life because it moves your trust to a foundation of principle. If you trust God with 10%, you'll probably trust God with your life and other things also. It's partnering with the with God and partnering with the principle, But if you never move to that, you can give offerings, but your foundation is still missing. You need to have a consistency that you understand your resource comes from God. I'm a steward of that. And I give back God 10% of that. I'm a partner with God. So faith harvest is building on that foundation, but it's going over and above. It's a free will. Free will simply means exactly that. Nobody can dictate it. It's up to the Holy Spirit in you. It's a free will offering that is unlimited. You can give whatever you want and given an according to your faith, not my faith, not someone else's faith. It's your faith. Sowing of our financial seed, believe in God to water it and enable it to become a full harvest. Now, here's our faith harvest scripture, Zechariah 8 and verse 12. For the seed, everyone say the seed, the seed. shall be prosperous. Now, I want you to believe that as we move into this as a corporate body of people, all the thousands of people that call City Bible Church home, all the people that are flowing together in prayer and in vision and in what we do with small groups and what we do with our city and what we do with the missionaries and all over the world and the church plants, we do so many things out from us. We do it together. Everyone say together. When we do things together, there's what I call a corporate grace. When we do things together, there's a corporate faith. In January, we pray and fast for 21 days, sometimes 40 days, depends on the year. As a corporate body, when we all move into a fast, it seems like everybody fasts just a little bit easier because everyone is fasting and everyone talking about prayer. Everyone seems to go up a notch on their prayer. There's a corporate grace to the fast. There's a corporate grace to the prayer. There's a corporate grace to the breakthrough. There's something that happens when the church unifies and the whole church moves together, believing that this is the will of God for us to do as a church. Now, if you come as an attender and you never intend to be any more than just a body that sits in a chair, then what I'm saying will not mean anything to you. You will not do anything with it. It'll come in and go out your ears and that'll be it. That's okay, but it's not okay. That's not the way to come to church. Church is when you become a part of what's going on. Church is when you actually own the vision... You own the process and you become involved. When you see the missionaries on the screen, you're saying to yourself, that's us. That's me. God bless that young couple to Iraq, to Laos, to Cambodia, to South America, wherever we're involved, which is everywhere in Romania and on and on it goes. Yes. When it comes to church plant, whether it's Brisbane, Australia, or it's it's Denver, Colorado, you're saying in your heart, God bless those church planters. Lord, I want to uh, give to them. I want to see a church really spring up in that country. You're part of the vision. If you're not part of the vision, you're like a person at a bus station or a train station that watches the trains go by, but you never get on. You just watch the train go by, but you never get on. And you just kind of wave to the people as they go by, and it's okay, it's a train station and a lot of activity, but you never get on the train. I'd like you in the train station to get on the train. Can I hear an amen? I don't want you to watch it go by. I don't, I don't want you to watch our church vision go by. I don't want you to watch missions go by. I don't want you to watch Faith Harvest go by and just kind of consider this. Well, is this really, is Pastor Frank just trying to get us to do this for his own sake, for the church's budget or something we need or why should we give our money? If you don't get what I'm saying, the train will go by and you'll still be reasoning why I'm preaching on Faith Harvest. Faith Harvest is a, personal principle that you yourself activate something in your life that does something for you even more than the church itself. It's something that actually will begin to bless your life and rain favor upon you. And if you see it that way, you'll gobble up the principle and say, you know what? That's a truth in the Bible. And you know what? I do have some seed to sow. And you know what? I've never done this before, but I certainly can do it. And I'm going to believe that the seed that I sow will be prosperous because that's what the Bible says, Zechariah eight twelve. the seed will be prosperous. If you're not watching the train go by, you're on the train, your Bible's open, you're taking notes, you're circling scriptures, you're writing a note to yourself to pray this week. You are taking this to own it yourself, not just watch it go by. Everyone turn to a neighbor and say, get on the train. For the seed shall be prosperous, the vine shall give its fruit. This is your seed, this is your vine. The ground shall give her increase, and the heavens shall give their due. I will cause the remnant of this people to possess. Everyone say, to possess. All of these. Some more scripture. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. If you walk by sight... Everything you see wears against you. Your reasoning, your economy, what you reason in yourself, it's all by sight. You can't walk by sight. You've got to, sometime in your life, put faith before feeling. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things. Everyone say, not seen. Not seen. Faith doesn't work in the seen, it works in the unseen. Faith doesn't work always in the light, it works in the dark. Faith doesn't work always when we have it, works when we have not. Faith is something that works best when things are hard. Faith works best when God has to come through. You need faith for your own life, for your own job, for your own business, for your own children, for your own marriage, for your own body, for healing, for health, for your own future. You need faith that somehow gets inside of you that you can see what actually is not existing yet that it shall be. Hebrews 11.1 says, Faith is an evidence of things that I can't even see yet. 2 Corinthians 9.6 He who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. The choice is in your hands. Sowers of our seed. Okay, we are sowers of our seed. What? is in front of us right now as an opportunity. We have an opportunity set before us to sow our seed. The opportunity for you and I right now in our church as a congregation is a season of faith harvest where you have an opportunity to raise your faith level and to be involved, to bless the nations of the world, to bless our church for us to keep doing what we do with the multiple campus and all the ministries. There's an opportunity right now. Now, against that opportunity is what we see with the economy, what we see with our own money, what we see ahead of us. And we can shrink back. I understand the reality of what we face. What I'm saying is let's push through as God will grace us to push back against the darkness and back against the pressure and say, you know what, I can sow against the storm and I can sow against this darkness and believe God to bring something into my life. You have an opportunity just like I do. An opportunity set before us to sow our seed into the hands of God. Believing, He will move our mountains and create supernatural provision. Now remember this seed that remains in your hand is natural, seed that is put into the hands of God is supernatural. If you keep, there's nothing for God to work with. If you hoard, it's even worse. If you move in fear, God cannot bless fear. God moves in the realm of faith. God moves in the realm of belief. God moves in that realm where a person calls upon his name, believing that he can do something. When I give my tithe or I give my seed money for faith, for missionaries or whatever it might be, I'm believing God to multiply that seed toward them and toward me that I might have a conduit that I can give more than enough. I live on what I have, but I, I don't live for what I have. Some people only live for what they have. And if they don't have enough, they're not happy. I don't live for what I have. I have enough, but I have more than enough. I always have enough seed to sow into some young missionary's life or some poor child or a camp scholarship or something that goes on with a church plant. I don't eat. We don't eat every little scrap of our money, every little scrap of our seed so that our lifestyle gobbles up everything. My life is more than what I have. My life is what I give. It's what I push out ahead of me. Can I hear an amen? Amen. How's your seed? What are you going to do with it? Here's our prayer. A seed So, in prayer. Lord, help me to exercise my faith. Can I hear an amen? amen? And increase my faith. How many of you could use just a real increase of faith? I could. Well, this is our prayer as a church. Increase my faith. I take hold of the promises and stand on the ground of faith. I sow my seed today. Believing in the God of God. Of miracles. Let me give you the basic principles of seed sowing. I live by these, and I think there are thousands of believers that live by these. Here's the basic Bible principles for sowing your seed. Get them down, get them into your prayer life, and let's move together. Principle number one is that God supplies seed for the sower. Now, you might be sitting there thinking, I don't have a lot of seed to sow. Would you please open your heart for God to give you seed? Would you actually begin to ask the Lord for what this scripture says in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 10? It's in your Bible, so there must be some power behind this scripture for God to fulfill it because it's the Word of God. It's the scripture. 2 Corinthians nine ten. And God. Everyone say, and God. God. Who supplies seed. It doesn't say, and boss. And business. And economy. And, 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 and. It says... And God, come on, say it again, and who supplies seed to sow and bread to eat, who also supply you with all the seed you need. Can this even be close to right that the Bible would say that he would provide all the seed you need? And then notice what it says and will make it grow and produce a rich harvest from your generosity. This is a finance chapter. Chapter 8, chapter 9 of Corinthians is two chapters that deal very specifically with giving and offering and money and finance and generosity and liberality and giving out of your poverty and what happens with your giving. It's two chapters you should meditate meditate upon. Here, it's very clear that the Bible says God will supply. All right, the word supply. To raise to full capacity. Now, I'm praying that God will supply seed for us as a congregation and for you as an individual. A place at one's disposal that God will place some seed at our disposal to provide more than enough. Supply you with the seed you need, supply and multiply your resource, supply your means for liberality. When I speak about supply, I'm talking about these areas that God would supply all the seeds you need. God would supply all the resources you need. God would supply your means for liberality, that you would actually have the capacity to be liberal. How many of you would say, I would like to think that I could be a liberal person? That that should be the seed of Christ in us should be a liberal person. Liberal, liberality, generosity in every area of life. But it's a giver more than a taker. The seed of Christ works in me that ability and capacity to want to have generosity toward people. Here the Bible says He'll help you get the seed and He'll supply for you the seed you need. Isaiah 55 and verse 10 says that He will water and give you the seed that you need to sow. 1 Corinthians 3, 6 says God gives the increase. Genesis 47 and verse 19 the prayer is give us seed that we don't die. Do not die. Let us die without seed. Let us have seed to plant. God wants to give you seeds. Why? Seeds are one of nature's mighty miracles. You don't understand seeds, but they are so interesting to study. Seeds have the force of life in them. When you plant a seed, the life force in the seed is so powerful it breaks through the ground, it breaks through. Seeds can grow and break through concrete, break through rock. Seeds are amazing. The seeds they found in some of the uh, places in Egypt that had been stored for hundreds of years, some of them say two and three thousand years, and they plant those seeds, and those seeds, after being stored for a couple thousand years, grow something. Absolutely phenomenal that a seed has within it a life force that can push things open and break the ground and stay alive. You have in your hands a mighty miracle, the seed that God has given you, the force of life, the great potential. And God wants to give you more seed to plant. He wants to provide for you. God is your provider. The little boy that went into the jelly beans store, and he's looking at the jelly beans. And finally, the owner says to the boy watching him, you want some jelly beans, don't you? The boy's just staring at the jelly beans. So the owner says, go ahead. Takes the jelly beans out, and puts them right on the counter and says, have as many as you want. Go ahead, reach your hands and take what you want. The boy put his hands in his pocket. The dad stood there and said, son, don't be rude. The, the man's giving you some jelly beans. Take some. The little boy just kind of stood and looked down, would not move. Father said, son, would you... Just do what he asked. Just take some jelly beans. The little boy would not do it. Finally, the owner said, never mind. It's okay, sir. So the owner reached in his hand and took out a big hand of jelly beans and said to the boy, open your hands. The boy opened his hands. This man dumped in jelly beans. It spilled all over his hands. He couldn't even hold in two hands what the big man did in one hand. Dad said, son, why would you do that? He said, it's real simple, dad. His hands are bigger than mine. Smart boy. His hands are bigger than mine. Come on, God's hands are bigger than yours. God is not stingy. God is not just looking to test you every minute of every hour, of every day, of every week, every month, every year of your life, so that you barely just have enough to squeeze by. God is a God who supplies abundantly for us that we can also be a supplier to bless other people. Can I hear an amen? God's hands are big. And God is willing to supply for you the seed that you can't get for yourself. Principle number two, God expects you to sow the seed. When God puts it into your hands, there's something about it. That you have to then cross over. Maybe you prayed for that great job, and you got a double income, and you went from three thousand a month to five thousand a month, or eight thousand a month, or you made some bonuses, and you prayed, and you you're blessed, and you're just moving in that realm now. And then it comes time for that tithe check, and all of a sudden it's, wow, it's easier to tithe on two thousand than it is five thousand or six thousand. I think what I'll do is give an offering. All of a sudden you're faced with, sow the seed. Well, I I need it all. This will pay all my bills. For how long? One month? So you steal from God $300. Is that going to help you for the whole year? It's not. So God is a partner with us. And God says, consistently trust him. See if I won't open the ones of heaven, pour out a blessing you can't even contain. Why don't you sow the seed and see what I will water? Why don't you put it in the ground and watch my favor go to work? Why can't you trust me with that which is tangible? Then we draw back a little. Then we finally begin to learn that if you sow your seed, sowing means to plant a seed for growth, to set something in motion. Whenever you sow financial seed, you set something in motion to introduce into a selected environment. The environment that you set into motion is an environment of faith. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 4 is interesting. It says, He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. In the morning, this is in your Bible, Ecclesiastes eleven four and verse 6. In the morning sow your seed, in the evening do not withhold your hand. For you do not know which will prosper, either this or that, or whether both alike will be good. So when you have a chance to sow your seed, don't look at the wind and say, well, the wind's blowing. And if I sow the seed, the wind will blow the seed away. And so I'm just going to hold the seed back. Or when you see the clouds coming in and you say, I'm not going to reap today because it's a bad day for reaping and you never reap. You don't know that you're letting go of what God has favored and your whole day will be wasted. The principle of sowing is not to observe what is against you. It's to move in principle. You have to choose. Keep your seed in the barn and don't give. It's your choice. I've never yet seen God come out of heaven with a big hand and get into your wallet or get into your bank account. It's your choice. It's your choice to eat and enjoy the seed once. Then it's gone. If you eat your seed and never plant it, you might be able to bake A great meal one time, but you won't have a harvest coming in that will multiply that meal a thousand times. It's the principle of sowing. You also have the choice to scatter liberally and abundantly your seed. A farmer that has a bag of seed that walks onto the field and just starts scattering his seed onto the field, it might look like a waste to some people, but for the farmer, it is absolutely logistic that he would sow his seed, knowing that he has to have a harvest later on. He will sow as much seed as he can. He will know there will be some mildew and there will be some insects, and there will be some problem, and so he doesn't just sow enough for one row of corn. He sows enough for acres of corn, knowing that some things will happen, but there will be plenty of harvest to outdo what happens. He sows liberally. You would never drive by, honk your horn, and say to the farmer, You idiot! What are you doing? I'm sowing seed. Why are you sowing so much seed? Keep it in the barn. You would never say that to a farmer. You would just say to yourself, Smart farmer sowing a lot of seed, expecting a big harvest, sowing against the wind, sowing against the darkness, sowing against the famine, sowing against whatever's there. He is a person that understands his life is in the ground. It is not in the bag. It's when he sows it. George Mueller, the great orphanage builder in London. If you ever... Want to build your faith. Read George Mueller books. You can find them online. There's a whole website about George Mueller. M U L L E R. George Mueller. And he wrote a number of books. He is the man in my mind that models what I'm preaching more than any person I've ever read about in my whole life. Is George Mueller? He built out of nothing. He prospered out of nothing. He sowed every day. Came into the orphanage one morning and he opened his box where he kept his shillings and there was one shilling left and he had 100 orphans to feed and he had one shilling that would not even feed three of them. So he took the shilling and he gave it. This is in his biography. He says, I took one shilling out of my box in my house. This was all the money I had. So I gave it. I needed to feed over 100 children. I sowed my last seed and then prayed. And by faith believed the seed would produce enough for these 100 people. By the end of the day, we had fed all the people with excess and blessing pouring in upon us because of the seed that I sowed. What would you have done with the one shilling? Choose who you're going to feed? Feed yourself? What would you do? If you were up against it and what you did, other people would be depended upon. How would you handle it? When you go through all of the great men and women of history and men and women of Scripture, they all knew where their resources came from. When William Carey set out on his missionary journey, he sold everything and gave everything he had away. Even the support that they raised for him to go, he gave that away to a single mother. When asked why, he simply said, I want to know when I get over there and there's no one there to help me, that God is my resource. He trained himself for months on how to give away and see how the Lord would bring it back. How to give away until he just became a conduit. You know how many minutes in the last 20 years I've worried about finance? Zero. You know how many times I've sat down with my wife, to talk about bills and worry about paying them? Zero. Zero. They Frank, aren't you a normal person? Of course we are. But, we have learned that the principle is always at work and God always brings in more than enough. But we have always sown out of our need not just out of our surplus. And we've always sown. Well, for 21 years, we've sown into the same young man in South America. Orphan since he was a baby. We have sown into his life for him to have food, clothing, school, Primary school, right through high school, now through college, now through trade school. We have sown into that one boy for 21 years. We have a picture of him. We've never met him. He writes us. But for 21 years, he's just one of the people that we sow into all the time. Why? Because we pick fields that will bring forth harvest of God's mercy and grace on those people's lives. And then let the Lord take care of us with the more that comes in. Our life is more than what we have. Our life is made up of what we give. Are you there? Principle three. God promises to water your seed. God waters our seed with his blessing. Pray these prayers over your finance. His favor, his hands of sovereignty. God can increase our seed sown by his supernatural reign. Second Corinthians 19 says, And God will make it grow. God will invest his sovereignty and partner with your seed. And the Bible says, God will make it grow. Exodus Speaks about the seed being sown in the fields. Ezekiel 17.5 says, Some of the seed will be sown and planted by waters that will bring forth great harvest. God will help you plant your seed. Isaiah 30, verse 23, Whenever you sow your seed, the Lord will send rain. Everyone say, will send rain. rain. Come on, say it again. To make them grow. Proverbs 11.25 The generous soul will be made rich. And he who waters will be watered himself. Principle number four. God promises a great harvest. If I sow, I pray the blessing of God over the seed. I believe in sovereignty. I believe in favor. I put it in the right ground. I put enough seed so that if there's an attack on some of the seed, other seed will survive. I put enough seed in different fields that there are different crops growing at the same time. I believe there is a great harvest. The cost of planting a seed is virtually immaterial compared to the bountiful harvest that's coming in. Cost of planting seed is immaterial. When you consider what a seed can do, my special treasure. Notice where David gave from his own treasure. He says, From my treasure, because of my love for the house of God, I've given over and above. Sowing with giving, what does it mean? Here's what it means giving is the seeding for my miracle. Now, you don't have to believe my language. You can simply say, well, there's other people that will get miracles for finance, but I don't think I will. Then you cut yourself off from what I'm teaching and preaching you that the Bible says there is a place for surprise and miracle with your finance. There's a place that can happen. There's a place that God can water, bless, and favor that's beyond the human mind. And God can actually remove that devour from your finance. Giving, number two, is the planting of my seed. Believing God will will move my mountain. Believing God will be my resource to multiply and He'll move my mountain. Sowing with giving, number three. Giving is sowing my seed by faith, knowing that I have to sow before I can reap. And so I'm going to cross the line. I know that. And four, giving is recognizing Jesus as Lord of my seed, Lord of my harvest, Lord of my field, and Lord of my future. All right, I'm going to sow for my miracle. Everyone say, my miracle. miracle. I'm going to sow for my mountain to be removed. Everyone say, my mountain. How many of you in all the campuses right now would say, I have a few mountains that need to move? How many of you would say, I'm a perfect candidate for a miracle? I am the textbook candidate for a miracle. If God ever wanted to move on anybody, baby, I'm it. I am the one that God needs to do a miracle in. You must put that into some action and say, Lord, I'm believing for this miracle to happen in my life. Sowing with giving, number five, is sowing my seed into good fertile soil in a time of need, believing the seed to work. You sow into this church, which is into ministries, which is into the world. This is fertile soil, soil of integrity, soil of accountability. It's soil that has a proven 50-year track record that what we do works and what we do we're faithful with. You're sowing into a very good field right here. It's a field that I believe God will water your seed with and multiply it. This is my Confession for you. Great faith for R.C. This is what I'm believing. And I want you to believe with me. We have great faith to see the invisible, believe the incredible, and receive the impossible. I would like you to read these with me. Are you ready? I want you to read them out loud. Come on, let's verbalize these. Number one, let's go. We have great faith to see the invisible, believe the incredible, and receive the impossible. Number two. We have great faith to see the promised blessings as if they were present possessions. Number three, we have faith believing God is all-powerful at all times. In what circumstance? Number four, we believe faith is the empty hand of the soul that reaches out to God and returns full. Number five, here's our scripture. Come on, you've got to know it by now. Ephesians 3.20, everybody. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. How many can say amen to that?